Hello my lovelies, welcome back to Fishnets and Philosophy. This is your host, Mixbell Morrigan, and today I am bringing you the last of my three bonus Pride Month episodes. Today, the 28th of June, is the anniversary of the Stonewall Riots that are often referred to as the catalyst that started the revolution for queer rights and why queer people today have the rights that they do. So I thought it would be perfect to release my final episode for Pride Month today and this episode I'm joined by the wonderful Nina and we talk about the amazing animated film Paranorman which is just filled with queer subtext and to me feels like the perfect type of film to release on the anniversary of Stonewall. So I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation as much as I enjoyed having the conversation with Nina. Hello and welcome back to Fishnets and Philosophy. This is your host Mix Bell Morrigan and once again I'm having a bonus episode where it's separate to the main series discussing the Purge films or a different film franchise and I'm going to focus on a specific film or topic. This episode, I'm going to be discussing the fantastic animated spooky-ish film, Paranorman. And I am joined by the wonderful Maria. And I would just like you to introduce yourself and say anything about yourself and also how you came to find horror. Um, hi, everyone. Uh you all can just call me Nina. I'm a book reviewer for Hear a Scream and a game reviewer for Leviathan Libraries. Um, my usual disclaimer every time I'm a guest on a podcast, if you think, oh my God, that girl's accent, it's so weird. I'm Brazilian, so <laughs> forgive me. Uh, I'm so excited to talk about Paranorman. I've been a little horror maniac pretty much since I was five or six about that watched way too many horror movies way too young read too many goosebumps books (laughs) oh I think I think we've all been anyone who is a horror fan definitely started younger than someone should but it's also I'm very much like of the opinion that like you know kids should be scared early like you know let people you know let young people watch something scary early on it's a good you know it's it's healthy it's healthy to be scared in a safe environment i think Um, so yes so and also the more horror fans the more horror movies get made so it's a win-win for everyone (laughs) (laughs) but perfect thank you so much and thank you for joining me to discuss paranorman and as i was saying just before we started recording i had never seen this film before and it was you that suggested it when i did a call out looking for kind of animated horror adjacent films to discuss and i am so internally grateful that you suggested it because i was floored by this film i have so many thoughts for people who haven't seen it paranorman is directed by sam fell and chris butler Chris Butler is also the writer and the main crux of the film actually before I say it I want you maybe to summarize what would you be your brief synopsis of what Paranorman is about? 
I we I love the little pun that the main character is named Norman and he can speak to the dead. And I love that at the beginning we have a little play of him talking to his grandma and then later we learn that his grandma is actually dead. Mm-hmm. And he represents a lot of us uh, horror quote-unquote freaks that, you know, we're heavily bullied when we were children for being into things that were considered too spooky or too weird for someone so young. And his family doesn't understand him. Then out of nowhere, his crazy uncle that has been ostracized by the rest of his family (laughs) appears to him and say, there's a job that's very important and you have to save the whole town from the curse of the wicked witch. And then he dies. (laughs) Yep, very (laughs) abruptly. And I love how such a small character with a very small like role in the length of the film was voiced by John Goodman, one of the biggest actors. And I just love that when they're just like, we're going to get this really big name that's going to draw people into this film and kill them off early. (laughs) (laughs) But to be fair, he gets one of the best jokes in the whole movie when he finds Norman in the toilet. And that's Mm -hmm. the scenario in which he passes his duty onto Norman and I love it so much it's such a fun Uh, movie yes it's such a fun movie that just has so much puns and it's just play on words it's fantastic and yeah it's just such a brilliant film and for people who haven't seen it as well it's also made by Laika Studios who also did Caroline and it's in that very kind of claymation style of animation and it's one of my favorite types of animated styles. I love it. I just think it, I don't know, it adds like almost like an extra level of uncanniness to it, which I think lends yes. really well to something that is playing in the horror genre. And I think speaking of horror genre, to me, it seemed like this film was made by fans of horror movies, as in it was made by people who love horror movies and possibly maybe have kids that they're introducing to horror and they wanted to make a movie for young kids to be able to get introduced into something they love. And you can, I wonder if you like picked up on it, but there's so many, like the fact that Norman's ringtone is the Halloween theme. And then (laughs) the little Easter eggs and his bedroom (laughs) and the posters on his wall that allude to horror movie posters. It's, um, And, and the then little he, Salem tribute with the witches and the the yes. town that's very gimmicky and aimed towards tourists. And the the sentence it's not supposed to be historically accurate. It's supposed to to sell souvenirs. <laughs> oh, I know. It's just there's so many great lines and quotable lines in this film. And then there's also the bit where. Uh, <laughs> Norman's phone rings and he goes to the window and just looks down and just kneel there in the the hockey hockey mask mask. (laughs) just like Jason and it's like do you want to play hockey? (laughs) It's just brilliant, it's brilliant (laughs) but um, I think given that we just briefly mentioned him there, Neil I think Neil is one of the highlights of this film as a character he just he's kind of like playing the role of like the sidekick best friend but in such like a brilliant way that he's just his own character he's just filled with I life I love him 
and oh there's just so much with him that's fantastic and I still think like just the absurdity of it but I just love when it's like don't make me throw this hummus (laughs) it's spicy spicy. (laughs) (laughs) like just absurd and I loved it I loved it it was just oh but he was he's one of the best characters in that film absolutely Oh, but he's ready to throw down for Norman, <laughs> even though Norman is very much like not really his his friend, and like mm-hmm. a little standoffish. But Neo is like, no, we're besties, and I would die for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and yeah, he's just heart of gold character, and I think every film needs one of those characters, like the person that's just pure and is just filled with life, and it's such a great you know, antithesis to Norman throughout the film because Norman is very much really withdrawn and not outgoing and almost like in a way, given that he's the character that can see and talk to dead people, he's almost in some ways like a dead person because he's got, he's lacking so much of what would be considered outgoing personality traits and stuff like that. So Neil is a great comparison. But um there's just so I have so many notes and I'm just like where do we start but I think the first one that stood out to me and it's I'm kind of glad that we got to get I got to watch this film this week and we're getting to talk about a fun animated film in the wake of everything that's kind of happened in the past few days globally but uh yeah it's been a tough week but which is what makes this my first note (laughs) which I wrote down just so prevalent in the sense that when there's like the riot later on in the film, like essentially spoilers, but basically there's this witch's curse that curses the town and Norman is supposed to read from a fairy tale, which will basically make the witch go back to sleep for another year. That's what he's supposed to do. He doesn't do it. Zombies rise from the grave and then all hilarity ensues <laughs> there's just a Especially zombie because chase. there's only seven zombies <laughs> so yeah. it's like very small pack of zombies. <laughs> very like yeah like not, they're not really gonna be able to do much but somehow an entire mob comes out to you know s- squash the zombies but there's just when the crowd is rioting there's one character that's just like shooting and the police officer just goes, what do you think you're doing? Firing at civilians. That's for the police to do. And this film was released in 2012 and (laughs) that's 10 years ago. And to me, it's just so (laughs) devastating (laughs) that that joke as a commentary is still relevant 10 years later like it's kind of like when it comes to these universal because like, yes different countries same behavior yep a cab everywhere there's like it doesn't matter what country it is it's just <laughs> it's just a rule of thumb and but it's just like i always think you know when you're watching you know films that are you know 10 years or more older the hope is always that whatever social commentary was made in that film no longer rings true as in we've progressed past what that film's commenting on no no we haven't we haven't at all not really (laughs) and which 
is devastating, but also just shows why it's still such a great film that holds up because it is still very weighty and relevant to so much yes. of what's going on in society. And like that was one of the first quotes I saw. And also it was one of the first quotes I saw as a letterbox review, just that line. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's, <laughs> yeah, if that's someone's main takeaway from the film, I think that's pretty good. <laughs> but then... Yeah. Um, there's uh one sentence that really stuck to me because i don't like norman's dad i think oh he's an asshole very much so (laughs) i i it just it brought up in me an anger so deep when he when his mom norman's mom says to him oh it's not that your father is afraid of you he's afraid Mm. for you and i think that's the line that queer kids grew up learning yeah. Oh. That, oh, your parent, like your relative, is not crying because you're gay. They're crying because of what society is going to do to you for being gay. And I'm just, I'm so tired of it. Makes yes. me so angry. Also, when parents post videos crying because their kid got diagnosed as autistic, because as an autistic person, you just feel like absolute shit. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, that that one is just a whole other you could spend another two-hour podcast just ranting about that like jesus but yes it's just also just in general i do find it really odd like how much there are certain like parents that will literally like use their children to make content so either they have their children on screen or whatever content <laughs> like oh we're like I, I just despise that word now it's just like no we need to just burn that word get rid of it please it's terrible it has ruined society but um, whatever content in quotation marks and um, these people are making it's always revolving around their kids and it's just it always weirds me out but I love that you brought up Norman's dad because that was one of the big takeaways that I had as well and it's definitely the relationship between Norman and his father is what really makes me think there must have been some queer people in the making of this yes. film because this film, there's no way this cannot be queer allegory because it just screams Absolutely. it to me. But there was that one bit where it was, I think it was after the <laughs> they did, they were doing like the school play and Norman ends up like freaking out and like saying that like the prophecy of the witch and, and i just love the how it goes tree the tree me. told me and then you just see neil in the tree costume oh man what is, like, i didn't do anything you just feel really <laughs> bad for neil but in the car on the way back norman's dad kind of now i'm kind of paraphrasing i don't have the exact quote but says roughly something along the lines of it's one thing to be a freak or weird around your family but you can't do that out in public. And that line ripped through me because I feel that almost every queer person can relate to that sentiment from a relative or a parent, like a parental figure. And it links back to what you said about that thing of, oh, he's not scared of you, he's scared for you. It links back to this... They're so concerned about other people's reactions 
that they care more about placating strangers' comfort over the joy of their own child. And that is always just such a sad reality. Like when you're that queer, because I've been there, like when you're that queer person and you realize, you know, that the person who's supposed to have your back doesn't. Does not. It it hurts. It hurts. Like, thankfully, the much better situation with both my parental figures now and I know I'm very privileged to be able to say that because it's not the case for a lot of queer people and so I'm I feel privileged to be able to say that but I just definitely think the relationship between Norman and his dad that is a story for queer people like as in that's something saying we know your experience we see it and you know it's putting it on screen to be able to you know, resonate with it. And I just want to know what you think about, because I was actually, I was on the Ladies and Ligaments podcast recently. I did a recording. Blaine! Yes. I love uh, Blaine! Yes. Shout out, Blaine. You were amazing. Um, but it was an episode talking about specifically kind of queer phobic violence and horror, but also it's just in general queer representation. And I want to know what you think, because to me, I've I'm kind of like I kind of fall on the side of I'd rather have queer representation that can sometimes be a bit flawed over no representation at all. And I want to know what you think. Where do you find fall on that line? Like because I know some people are different. They want it to only be accurate and positive and then and then I'm just like, but if that's not what you're getting, then it means nothing. And yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I'm just like the fact that we are on screen it's already mm. wonderful and I, Neil's brother which is our like plot twist yes. character at the ending <laughs> I love him so much because I related to him a lot as well especially the scene where he's driving the car and they're like do something and he goes why me and Neil goes because you're the oldest and he replies not mentally <laughs> Oh, because like same, same, <laughs> not mentally. Oh, the character, the brother. I think Mike was the name. I think, but oh, he was just that lovable himbo. Like, yes, it's just he, oh, he has no idea what's happening, but he's he's going along with it. But uh, oh. especially the fact that um, the movie hints a lot about queer struggles that I hated the ending so much I used to love it when Mm. I watched it for the first time but now I I hate it um little spoiler alert uh we find out that the witch was actually an 11 year old girl that Mm. was hanged by the town officials and obviously she was angry at them and the curse for them to return as zombies was for Mm -hmm. them to suffer the way that she did And Norman's solution is to go talk to her and say that by doing what she was doing, by fighting back, she was just as bad as them. And that, that angers me so much. So, and she never even got an apology. I mean, the the zombies said that, you know, what they did was wrong, but they said that to Norman. And I would have loved if instead of that ending, they had Norman like take the, the judge to talk Mm. to the little girl and apologize and say that you know after he's been through what he put her through he understands that what he did was wrong you know that way 
she could have decided like okay what they did was shitty but they learned and they're mm. sorry and i can rest now spinning the narrative that if the victim fights back fights back she's just as bad as their abusers and that's just not yeah true. that makes me mm. so and she she was 11 and she had a mom and a life and not only she got murder for no reason she got no apology from anyone norman says oh you're just as bad as they are for doing what you're doing like the whole town saw her as a villain even after she died and it just agnes deserved better (laughs) yeah oh i know it was actually it's interesting um because yeah like with the ending of it like, cause it's still going through my head. And that was actually, again, like I was like going through so many different letterbox reviews, like in taking my notes. Cause I just wanted to see what other people's thoughts were. And that was one of the takes, like was that kind of same thing that you said that, you know, making it out to be like almost like a victim blaming type situation. And I, I'm still like getting my head around it. And I, I kind of think it might be a little bit more nuanced like, I think there is an element of that there, but I don't think that's the only thing that's being said. Like, what I took from it was more that, and I think the reason why this is why I, t- I took from it is there's one bit where the grandmother says to Norman when she's having one of the chats with him, she goes, there's nothing wrong with being scared, Norman, so long as you don't let it change who you are. And again, that's just the extremes like a line for queer people as in, you know, it's just don't be afraid to be yourself, be yourself despite the fear. Like, you know, that's what that line says to me. But that's why I think what Norman is saying is not he's I don't think he's putting blame on Agnes. I think he's saying that they don't deserve her hate. I think that's what he's saying. I think so. I think he's more saying, you know, not that I don't think like this. My feeling is that not that he's saying you're as bad as they are by, you know, reacting. I think it's more they were shitty. Deserve your anger. I think he's like, so I think it's more of a they were shitty. But by dwelling on it, heal yourself yeah that's exactly what i have a problem with but that's like a hundred percent entirely personal from like my experience with childhood trauma and a Mm. father is that like all my life it's people telling me oh you have to forgive him to heal and to let it go Mm. like don't waste your hate on somebody like that and it's really something that makes me angry because i think a lot of our lives, especially as queer people and or neurodivergent people, uh, that we don't have the right to be angry at the people mm. who hurt us. And so I I think especially because she was still punishing them because she never got an apology. She never knew yeah. that they were sorry that they did what they did. And I think, you know, if they had apologized or if she saw and she kept doing it, you know, out mm. of just being angry, like, a hundred percent girl let's unpack that trauma you know <laughs> little little therapy but <laughs> but no i actually i think i know i know what you mean as in like 
I think it's the way they went about it. And I can see what you're saying as in like, I feel like you said, if it had been the case that she got the apology and it was the yes. zombies themselves that said to her, yes, like, you know, is. if it was the judge that said it to her, rather than saying it to Norman and then Norman passing that message on, yes, like, 100%. I think that would have been, that would have hit harder and been a more stronger ending. Um, but then I guess from like maybe a narrative structure, if Norman's supposed to be the hero, isn't supposed to be him that Maybe. gives the yeah it's it's one of like you know movie telling storytelling is tricky and like it yeah it isn't a perfect ending definitely i think it's there's definitely lots of interpretations of it and it can be nuanced and i suppose as well you know given my perspective that i'm coming from it is from a perspective where i don't have that type of trauma in my past so it's easier for me to approach it from a oh he's saying that you know you shouldn't waste your hate on this person but then if someone is coming from a different perspective it's going to feel it's going to be perceived differently and that's the thing like so it's it's and that's so great exactly like being able to discuss this with different perspectives and (laughs) but i love that we both hate his dad oh the dad (laughs) the dad is just shitty like just awful I don't know if it's because I'm way too like jaded and cynical, but that scene when he comes out of like the town hall and mm. his friends like rally alongside him saying, No, you have to listen to him. Like the mob would not have listened. They would have all been murdered. Like, yeah. I do not believe that they would be like, Oh, okay, I like drop the, the weapons and I'm like, mm. But again, I, I hope it's just because I'm very jaded and cynical. No, no, I agree. <laughs> and I suppose, I think it depends on the film. As in, like, you know, Paranorman is, you know, yes, it's a film that has a lot of spooky elements and definitely has a lot of strong, like, emotional, weighty material behind it. So, like, lots of commentary going on and lots of allegory at the end of the day, it is a film directed towards younger audiences. So it is going... (laughs) Exactly. It's going to, you know, end on a hopeful note. And But just like when you bring up the mob, what I loved is... And again, like I'm one of those like people who actually really enjoyed this movie. And I know a lot of people didn't, but I love... I loved it. Um, I love no, it so much. No, um, no I'm like, and <laughs> the film I'm about to introduce, because um, I love watching Paranorman and specifically with the mob scene, contrasting it to Halloween Kills, which I loved. And I know a lot of people didn't like Halloween Kills, but I just genuinely loved it. But the contrast with two films that have a very similar message of mob mentality just gets out of control like as in there can just be one wrong miss message and it gets people riled up and they're ready to attack someone that shouldn't be attacked and i was just thinking the difference is that in paranorman they actually have norman and his group of friends and his sister that help correct the mob on their idiocy Halloween Kills doesn't have that. There's no one to step in to prevent tragedy. And we see someone die 
that should never have been killed because it was a case of mistaken identity. And I just love how, again, just in the same way that line about the police <laughs> shooting civilians, <laughs> it's the fact that 10 years on, that met Paranorman talked about mob mentality and how terrible it can be and how easy it is for people to get riled up. And 10 years later, Halloween Kills is saying the same message. And it's it, just, yeah. yeah, like, I just it's think so that's... It's timely. Yes, it's it is very, very ti- timely. Sadly, very timely. But I just really enjoy how the film does have so much that it's talking about but at the end of the day it is giving that message of hope (laughs) i think that's you know like it would be a very different film if there was no message of hope (laughs) if it was very much resoundingly everyone is shitty people are shitty (laughs) and i don't know if it would be as enjoyable a film i don't know especially (laughs) because it just it's so funny and they have like the, the little jokes and the little puns and the mo- oh my god, news dog when he like comes back as a ghost and he's like cut in half. <laughs> and then we have Neil kissing his his little ghostly bud. It's just- <laughs> oh, I know. It was just there's just so yeah, exactly. And I think the humor is what the film just walked that line brilliantly between just almost like slapstick style humor and then deep emotional beats like you know really like you know walked it beautifully and even though the ending isn't terrific and I think the ending to me is very much almost a you know we want to be accepted for who we are by almost like trying to fit into society like as in like you know assimilate into society i think that's almost the message it's trying to say rather than no we should be you know fighting for queer liberation fuck the structures of society and build something better like so i think the film has a bit of a clunky ending that could have been done better but i did love the like powerful scenes where Norman is getting through to Aggie, like getting through to her. You know, you you see her as like just her rage and her anger. And, you know, Norman is just refusing to give up. You know, he's seeing her as a person. He's not seeing her as a rage. He's seeing her as that little girl who wasn't listened to. And I love that message as in it's, you know, it's reminding you to, see past someone's hurt and see the person and I think that's a beautiful message to take away even if the ending could have been done better that message is powerful with that especially because I mean even though I, I think like we have the right to be angry when somebody hurts us it's also very easy to lose yourself in that anger mm-hmm. and just become finding that balance between knowing that there are a lot of good people out there even though there's also a lot of shitty people and I cried so much when she remembered her mom oh and the yes. fact you know that she could finally rest 
like yeah. be at ease because that poor little girl oh, justice for Agnes <laughs> yes but like I literally just came out of that film just going I just want to give Aggie and Norman big hugs like they just deserve <laughs> to be wrapped in big hugs like they're just oh like but yes and that's such a good point of like it is so like the message that you shouldn't feel anger at the person who hurt you that's a bad message because anger is an you know an, an emotion as in it's a valid emotion and the thing is rather than letting your anger consume you you should analyze your anger to say what is it telling you why are you angry you're angry because you know you you're not safe or you're hurt and you know kind of getting to the root of the anger like but still feeling it and so yeah the message that you shouldn't be angry at the people who hurt you that's a bad message but the message of don't let the anger consume you is a good one i think and i think it's a nuanced one i yeah i kind of wish they could have i don't know wrapped up the ending in a bit of a neater bow but then at the end of the day is there such a thing as a perfect film i don't know like you know (laughs) There's like there isn't, and I think if you're, and it's something that I oh I see it so much on <laughs> film Twitter, but there are just people who like because a film didn't like do X Y Z exactly as they expected it in their heads, they end up Ugh. saying it's a shit film, and it's just I like hate no film Twitter so much, <laughs> especially horror film Twitter. Oh, because... there can be so much so yeah. much negativity. Because honestly, my like my requirement for movies in general is very low, like very low. I love <laughs> most of the horror movies. I love the Paranormal Activity yep. series. Like, I love. Give me all of the cliches. I love it. And people like hating on it so much. And I'm like, come on, it was, it was fun. Why can't a movie just like be fun? <laughs> oh, exactly. And if anything, that's exactly what uh, you know the new uh, screen this year was commenting on as well. Was the whole thing of you know horror fandom has gotten to this point where it's uh, like it can only be, and I hate this phrase, elevated horror. <laughs> any, any anything else isn't acceptable, but like. And also it's gotten to the point where certain types of fandom, not just in horror, but also Marvel, oh, some some Marvel fans are the worst, Star Wars as well. But it's like this fandom can get so toxic that they think that they own the story. And if it isn't yes. exactly as it should be, then it's terrible and deserves to burn. And it's just so frustrating write fanfic that's what fanfic's for (laughs) go (laughs) exactly if you think it could be better write it yourself like you know just like let let people enjoy what they enjoy you know at the end of the day and it's hilarious to me because i i graduated in literature and you know in college people absolutely consider anything quote-unquote commercial fiction trash and inside of commercial fiction horror is like the smelliest of trash and then when you Mm. actually get into the horror community they're like no there's elevated horror and bad horror and i'm like bestie we are already 
we're already being shit on by everyone else like you know stop breaking it up even more and like it is and I just think that that's just almost like a commentary on just humans being humans is that we just have this annoying ability to just form cliques and become tribalism and mob mentality yeah exactly exactly we form mobs (laughs) even if it's at the detriment of something we already love and we found you know a safe haven in it's just and actually just going back to mob mentality well that was kind of one of the notes that i had as well was you know again comparing paranormal to that scene in halloween kills but then also the comment and the quote from the police officer watching paranormal like it kind of like it almost felt like very Nietzschean and like almost like the eternal recurrence of like, are we just doomed to repeat cycles and patterns of violence? You know, like doesn't matter if if we know better, we'll still repeat the same cycles and patterns. And I'm kind of like, feel like the fact that it's been 10 years since Paranorman and so much just looks like it's the same, just cycling is just alarming and just, devastatingly depressing but that's yes. people that's humans but um that could that could be another hour-long rant so i won't go into that but one of my other favorite moments from this film and i just adored it and i think you'll like if you remember i think you'll love it too but i just love the character of salma like they're kind of like you know nerdy sidekick but I loved how just like when they were doing like the read through for the play she was just like criticizing the portrayal of the witch she was like why are witches always supposed to be old hags I just don't think that's accurate and it was just I love that because again that is like literally the power of you know the Christianity back in the old days of witch trials and stuff like that it's made society view the witch as something that is old and haggard and evil and terrible rather and than green. just yes exactly and green too <laughs> but we can thank Wizard of Oz for that <laughs> <laughs> rather than just you know basically early proto-feminists that's essentially what <laughs> witches were <laughs> and the church didn't like that <laughs> the church didn't like a lot of things <laughs> yeah very much so <laughs> And actually, that's actually the one thing that I thought was kind of actually almost like missing from Paranorman was there wasn't any form of like a commentary on faith or anything like that. And usually yes. you kind of expect that in like a film with a lot of queer allegory that there Which would be. We don't a- even see a church. Like, yeah. even, you know, when Norman's like walking around, we don't, we don't see a church or anything like that. And it, I loved it. Like, yes, yes. It, was a, it was yes it was a nice change but then like it actually makes it even more of an interesting commentary because it was like it was this film this you know this city this town like this little you know suburb area was completely devoid of any form of you know identifiable faith structure and yet and yet Norman and you know his uncle as well but there were people who were still ostracized and it was kind of like I think it was just a really interesting commentary of it doesn't matter whether it's through the lens of the church or whatever there is just going to be people who are shitty people (laughs) 
like you know it's just an interesting message to kind of hit hit through and it's so ironic that i mean we see that the town is clearly like guided to attract tourists rely on the witchy Mm. history we see like a lot of restaurants and shops so ironic but the town pretty much gets its money from spooky stuff but ostracizes Mm. the kid that claims to see dead people yes it is like (laughs) it's yeah it's almost like we don't want to acknowledge this but we'll exploit it it's yeah it is but also (laughs) kind of kind of very relevant given that we are what three four days away from the month of june which means we're just going to get so money yeah (laughs) so much rainbow capitalism is going to be coming our way in the sense that oh we're we're, we definitely don't want to acknowledge any of these people or this community but we'll definitely exploit them and take their money (laughs) it's just and the uh, cursed couches the (laughs) cursed couches (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah nope we we don't mention those curse countries. They they, <laughs> they they can they can also like with the word content they can just be burned in hell. Please, we'll just you know forget about them. <laughs> you know they're left behind. Ah, <laughs> oh, but um, but no, it's just I just love the film. I just Paranorman. I just found it so powerful and just the way it commented on so many different things, but also its humor, like. It like just there were so many just basically slapstick moments like the bit when he's like trying to pry the fairy tale book yeah. out of his uncle's like corpse's hand and the tongue all over <laughs> oh, the tongue oh, when the tongue happened I just went Whoa! like just <laughs> no it was but it was just done so well and I love it when animated films can bring out that type of visceral physical reaction because usually it's only when you're like kind of watching like live action that you know because you can almost see yourself in it but i love when an animated film can still make you kind of go no i don't i don't want that and it does it perfectly (laughs) and neil neil is just perfect he goes you cannot like make me leave and his brother just picks him up and puts him on his shoulder and and just oh but yes neil was like so much just revolved so much of the best bits revolved around neil being present and it was just or again when they had the jason gag and i was like do you want to play hockey and i just love oh i I can't come out and he just like starts like scrambling over the fence and then like he falls over and then you just see the gate open and it's just yeah i just love it the slapstick of it it's just perfect oh I wish I was more like him when I was a kid because I was also like heavily bullied for being fat and um, Mm. I was not as chill as he was. I remember me and another friend who was, you know, heavily bullied because she wasn't like the few black kids in our school. And Mm. so we would band together and during (laughs) breaks, we would sneak into the, the classroom and steal one of the bullies backpack and throw it out the window of like the fourth floor <laughs> the very, like far away place and it would take them like a week to get it <laughs> <laughs> that that is the type of pettiness i adore yes fantastic thank you <laughs> thank you for cha- sharing that with me because i love it that's brilliant yes but but no you're right i love that 
Neil as a character is kind of again be he's there to act as that type of you know message of you know and it's similar to kind of what you know the grandmother said of it's okay to be scared but don't let it change you Neil is kind of a reflection of that of you know what these people say or think about me doesn't matter it's a commentary on them not on me and you know even though he doesn't say that phrase exactly he represents that he represents just still finding joy and positivity in your life despite what other people try and do to you and that is again another powerful queer message because it's just you know be queer be yourself despite what society tries to make you you know assimilate or change like you know say put your two middle fingers up and just say fuck you like you know i'm just gonna be me and there's so many great takeaways from this film and yes i think it is a strong queer allegory and queer subtext but i think a lot of those messages are just important for anyone regardless of whether they're queer or not it's like so much of the messages are really just pertinent to just being human you know as in you know, don't let other people's opinions influence your own view image of yourself. Like, you know, be yourself despite, you know, the fear of others' reactions. Feel that anger, feel the emotion, but don't let it control you or consume yeah. you. Just like so many, like, it's it's almost like a free therapy film. As in, like, yeah. you're, just, you're, you're just watching it and it's just like, oh, it, uh, that's, oh, these are all things that, like, you know, my therapist would have said in the past. Okay, great. Thanks. That means it's something I can remember to continue doing. <laughs> but always carry spicy hummus in case yes. of an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, <laughs> I think that's almost the perfect the perfect line to kind of wrap it up on <laughs> you know always carry spicy hummus in case of emergencies like you know that i think that's a good just life message you know <laughs> to anyone listening you know remember what nina said <laughs> what nina and neil say carry your spicy hummus in case of an emergency <laughs> but no i just we're coming up now just on the 55 minutes mark so i just want to say thank you so much for coming on to just have like this flew by <laughs> like thank yeah. you for coming on to just chat about paranormal and just general queerness and horror and it's been a delight to have you on before i let you go where can people find you on social media if you want to be found and then where can people <laughs> where can people like find your work and follow what you do in horror community uh, thank you so much for having me this is Ah, this is so much fun. Uh, you all can find me on Hero Scream. I'm doing a lot of book reviews over there, interviewing some horror authors, uh, posting some horror game reviews on Leviathan Libraries. Also, book reviews in general, they're just not horror on my Goodreads, which is Marina Garrido, and it's linked on my Twitter, which is at dawn of flowers where you can see a lot of dog content <laughs> just brilliant dog content <laughs> unhinged about astrology <laughs> <in horror. laughs> 
uh, and you are a delight to follow so everyone should after listening to this go follow Nina on Twitter because you are missing out by not following but I just want to say again thank you so much for coming on it's been a delight to talk about film and to my listeners keep your ears and eyes peeled for future episodes as I release them